Marriage is hard, and intimacy is very important in a marriage, and it's not only very important, it's probably the most important thing between a husband and a wife, um, physical intimacy and emotional intimacy, both. And when you're married for any amount of time, you know that that is challenging, right? And some people have a harder time with the physical part. Some people have a harder time with the emotional part. She's talking about part. sex for people who can't read between the lines. Welcome to the Unspeakable Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Daum. Daum? We're going to get to that. We're going we're gonna to examine this once and for all. So just stay tuned for that. In the meantime, my guests, they are back for their fourth visit to this podcast. They are Yael Bartor and Hialeah Suffren. They are the co-hosts of the podcast, Ask a Jew. I like to bring these girls in twice a year to discuss the Jewish holidays. So they come in for Passover. And this week they are here for Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Kailea was born and raised in an Orthodox Hasidic community. She's still part of that community in Southern California. Yael is a secular Israeli who now lives in New York City. And together they have this remarkable podcast. I'm not Jewish, which may surprise you. I've actually gone on their podcast. They have a, a little segment called People We Thought Were Jewish Who Are Not. And uh, I believe I was one of their first guests, if not the first. So anyway, I am not Jewish, but this is one of my favorite podcasts. It's incredibly informative, and they're also both hilarious, and I love having them on. So uh, we're going to talk about the holidays, the meaning of them. We are going to touch on something that Hylea talked about when she was here for Passover. She talked about how Orthodox Jews have to get their cars detailed so there are no crumbs in them, because if the crumbs aren't kosher something like this. They can't be in the car or something. I, I don't even know. But a lot of people uh, heard that and thought that that could not be true. And so I pushed back at her on that. And she claims that it is true. And who am I, who am I to say? I mean, it is true that she says it's true. And uh, we talk about that. And we talk about mikvahs, which are a, a ritual bath that Orthodox Jewish women do routinely. I'm not going to say any more about it because I'm not going to describe it adequately, but it's fascinating and very detailed discussion. So look, if you listen to one conversation about mikvahs in your whole life, it should be this one. It really should be. So uh, we're going to talk. And then the bonus here, uh, I'm doing something new. I, I did a little solo bonus segment for you. Talked about a couple of things. Talked about the pronunciation of my last name, which is something that I've been wrestling with lately. So uh, cover that and um, I answer a couple of questions that have come in for the Ask Me Anything call. I put the call out for you guys to ask me some questions. So I cover that. And in the meantime, here's my conversation with Hylia Suffren and Yael Bartour. I can't believe, Hylia, that you went canoeing, kayaking, kayaking. <laughs> this morning. I did. That's I didn't right. hear that. That's so not Jewish. That's so. I, I didn't know that Orthodox people could kayak. I know. I'm in my burqa, and my, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> didn't you know that the rabbis? I read in the New York Times that the rabbis in Israel advised against men and women kayaking. It's like true story. Oh my god! No, they didn't. Seriously? What? Yeah, that was in the thing in the remember like remember the New York Times headline from last week that they have every week like a headline with an Orthodox Jew. 
in it. Yeah. I and know. this time it was like an Orthodox Jew walking next to a sign in Hebrew or Yiddish or whatever <laughs> in Israel. And it said like, you know, something about tensions between men and women. And literally, like, if you look closely at the sign, it was something against like canoeing. <laughs> I don't know if canoeing and kayaking wow. are the same, though. I That's mean, hilarious. A lot of a lot of dirty stuff happens in canoes. Well, yeah, I don't know what kind of canoes you've been in, Megan, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm only in boyish canoes. So, Kylie, before you came on, yeah, so Yael and I just decided that a good uh, segment for us would be like like you guys say a problem, or or maybe Yael says a problem, and I give like the goyish <laughs> interpretation of it. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Do you have any examples, Yael? Yeah. I Our, did. We're rolling we're by the way. So wel- welcome. So welcome both of you. We'll talk oh. about those yeah. later. We don't we don't have any time to waste. That's so Hylea and Yael, welcome back. I I'm I'm sure I mispronounce your names every time, but you actually uh, get it really well. I'm so impressed. Well, then it's close really? enough, yeah. Well, yeah. it's not perfect though. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce my own name. So that's yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't know how to spell your name. I always spell your name wrong. So it's uh, wait, Megan, why? Spellings. Like why we have a theory of why you have us back here all the time. Otherwise, we don't know. <laughs> like why we keep getting excited. It? Yeah, why is your theory? We can say this, so, y'all. Our, yeah, is our theory is hurt my feelings. Feel- yeah, um, no, it's good. Well, we it's good because it will help weed out the listeners who are not comfortable with like casual anti-Semitism. <laughs> so we have a theory that you did like an anti-Semitism. Maybe on Twitter or something, or you liked accidentally oh, liked a, a tweet or like by Whoopi Goldberg, pipe. or yeah. Mm-hmm. And then instead of going to the Holocaust Museum, which is what they do with anti Semites, <laughs> right? Well, they yeah. were like, you have to have these Jewish people on your show twice a year. Yeah, it's reparations. <laughs> you guys are yeah. reparations. By the way, me. I'm totally um, fine with that. If any anti Semite wants to have a song, like what's the name of that stupid kid? The um. Nick Fuentes or something like I, oh I totally be on oh, this from show. The Proud Boys? Help us. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Well, it's like anti-Semites have a lot of for, a lot of listeners. Yeah, they do. And there's a lot of overlap, I think, between our listeners and their listeners. Oh my god. <laughs> we should. Did you see how Jennifer Aniston liked Jamie Foxx's comment? You know how yeah. he put on like some anti, a vaguely anti-Semitic yeah. thing. I don't even know. He didn't even mention Jews, but it whatever. was like two so, anti-Semitic incidents ago. This was like really old. <laughs> I know, but Jennifer Aniston had to like come out and be like, I'm not anti-Semitic. It's so I stupid. know, but the uh. thing is with Jennifer Aniston is she's old. And we all know what old people do. They go on Instagram hey, and they like everything. She's exactly they my see. age. She's Stop. not old. <laughs> well, do you, do you go on me. Instagram and like everything you see? I'm not even on Instagram. I don't go on That's a generational all. thing. Well, so I don't blame her. <laughs> I um, think four times before I like something, honestly. It's like you have to really think about it. Is that a Jewish thing to think four <laughs> yeah. times? Is that what the Talmud says? The Talmud says <laughs> that before you retweet, on t- you should make sure. And actually, the Talmud calls it X. So before you retweet on X, you need to What's think four Hebrew times. What's the Hebrew character of X? Like Sheen or something? I don't know. There isn't one actually. <gasps> there isn't that's one. That's interesting. But have you ever liked? Have you ever deep, deep liked? You know what? It, that's isn't that what it's called? Deep, deep like. When you um, go that? like you're stalking like, somebody um, oh, online yeah. and you go on their back <laughs> pictures and you like a photo from like 2021. Yeah. Oh, that's what that means? It's, it's super but, creepy. Would yeah. you do that by accident? Like, is that so not a I've, good thing to do? I've, some people don't do it by accident because they don't have manners. But uh, some people like me do it by accident. And it's so it's the worst thing ever because you can't so you can unlike it. But the notification is still there. 
you know, you're, know. you're done. I, I accidentally, one time I like accidentally started following like an old boyfriend's oh. wife or something, oh, God. <laughs> like totally yeah. by accident. Like, cause I, I, and it was so mm. embarrassing and I had to come but, up with some, I, I just mean, made have it you worse. guys ever, have you ever texted the wrong person, something that you meant to text someone else and oh. it was about the person? It's I mean, my it's biggest just, fear. There's so How many How do you get out problems. of that? Do you like just own it? Yeah, you have to. You, you have, have to pretend that you're talking about like a third person that you all hate. <laughs> either that or, yeah, either you lie or you have to be like, I am the biggest piece of shit and I'm so embarrassed and I'm sorry. And, you know, like you really have to own it. It's it's uncomfortable. I saw a meme once that made me like, that I still think about sometimes and it like hurts my stomach. And it said something like, Everybody, remember that one day you were the person that somebody took a screenshot of and sent to somebody else. <laughs> oh, I was like, that's definitely happened to all of us. We've all been. In I that just situation. feel like it's one of those things you have to go through life and not think about what people are saying about you behind your back because nobody right. would be able to go on. It's, well, maybe it's you shared once this essay. I forget by who, but I really by liked Tim Kreider. Like yeah, talked the about more, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's and a it, brilliant piece. It's brilliant. About it was this. about like, of course we are. We of, of course we talk about each other. Like, have you seen us? We're ridiculous. Yeah, and the whole thing started actually was because somebody had uh, accidentally like hit a reply all on an email that he had sent, and the person was making fun of him to, oh, to somebody God. else, and he saw oh. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, he talks nightmare. about the. Yeah, he says in order to enjoy the benefits of being loved, we have to endure the mortifying ordeal of being known oh oh boy that is yeah nobody should be known i think that's something the goys no. and the wasps agree on nobody should oh, be yeah. known entirely the good sorry the goys and the juice the goys and the wasps. <laughs> yeah, yeah i want you to different. be okay I'm, i'll pepper you with questions but if you have i okay. like the if you have any questions that you want the goyish translation on just please please interrupt me at any time Okay. Um, okay. But uh, I will. But actually, I, and, and yeah, go ahead. No, like Please. I'm curious about like interrupting people. How do Guyam handle that? Because I we interrupt each other all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and we say, like, would you like more wine? <laughs> we, we say, do you want another martini? And we just go get it. Um, no, and then you, you do the thing, and then you think you're we like, don't no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, on a yeah. Zoom call for 45 minutes. We've all, right. we've all been there. <laughs> you think that's goyish? It's so yes. funny because I've, I've noticed some people accuse me of interrupting my guests on this podcast, which I actually don't think I do. I think there's a certain amount of interruption that has to go on on podcasts. But yeah. um, ever since we I started- interrupt uh, our guests. Yeah, you have to. But, but yeah. ever since I started uploading this podcast onto YouTube, the audio versions, like the YouTube dudes have come out and they've yeah. got all kinds of things to say about- my vocal fry and my interviewing <laughs> oh my technique God. and interrupting guests and et cetera, et cetera. Those are such Kyle trolls. and I, we're like, we're like runners at the start of the finish line and we're just waiting for the guest to like breathe. And that's when the gun goes off and we're both like, <laughs> like, you know how they tell you, like when you listen to somebody, don't just wait for your turn to talk. Like I am actively yeah. waiting for my turn. To oh yeah, talk. of course. Oh yeah, that's what Fran Leibovitz <laughs> said. Like the opposite of talking is not listening; it's waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so because true. Because I have something really good to say. It's not my fault. I know that I have. I'm so really glad. I'm so glad say. this person said this because it's going to go really nicely with what I am about to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> and um, they're going to love it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so, so the reason I had you back, in addition to my my reparations, is that it's <laughs> the Jewish holidays. Yeah, the holiday Yay. season again. Um, and Mazel I know tov. we covered this. I like to have you guys twice a year to explain the Jewish holidays because, you know, for me, it's just about alternate side of the street parking regulations suspended. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so what are we, um, what, 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 are, what, what is this now? What, what comes first, Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah? No. So I'm going to take this because Yael doesn't know shit are about you? any of this. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'll just, I like when I'll Yael back, does but her I know version. That- I know the answer to that. I know that Rosh Hashanah comes first. I also know because I just true. booked a, a ticket to Israel. I changed my ticket to Israel. And I know that if you try to land the day before Rosh Hashanah in Israel and try to land the evening of Rosh Hashanah in Israel, it's like a $500 difference in your ticket oh, really? price. Why? Yeah. Because nobody Is wants to like, land on the evening of Rosh Hashanah. It's like a landing on right. like Christmas Eve. You like yeah. the holiday. Time. Oh, I see. But Goyim. Jewish holidays start at night. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, let me answer the question. So we are celebrating the Jewish New Year, uh, Rosh Hashanah, which was is a two-day holiday. And we are coming up to Yom Kippur, which is a one-day fast. And they're connected, but they're 10 days apart. And then we're going to have the holiday of Sukkot, which is an eight-day holiday where we eat in a hut. I could answer a bunch of questions. I love about that one. I love I it because it has to do with houses. <laughs> it's the, I know. Yeah. You can go to like, do you think Zillow has like sukkahs? They should have a section. Oh for my like, God. They are oh, in Los Angeles. They're on, they're listed. They're like, it's like 999,000. Can you Airbnb <laughs> a only thing under a million. <laughs> if you don't have a, your own sukkah, can you Airbnb yeah. one, do you think? I mean, people wow. do share their sukkahs with others. Like, if you live in an apartment building, you have to be able to like share Like a roommate. With you have a sukkah, yeah. uh, have a sukkah roommate. But do you split, Hila, like, the your, utility your bills? Your sukkah is, like, up year-round, is it not? Because didn't yeah, I go to your well, house and it was up? Yeah, that's, that was <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. You're like room. the people with the, Christ, the, the Christmas tree exactly. up there. I don't want to throw my husband under the bus here, but I will. And we have, like, a really pretty, like, Jerusalem background for the walls. And so yes. we kind of kept it up longer than we should have. And then it became, like, but Sukkot is in, like, eight months. Why should I take it down? And then <laughs> so we've, we've had it up all year. So now we just have to, like, do a bit of work just to add, like, the roof part. And, yeah, so. Do you sleep there when in Sukkot? Do you actually sleep outside? So... I come from a particular part of the Hasidic community. We are my particular sect does not sleep in the sukkah, but many many Orthodox Jews do. They move their beds in there. They move everything. They do everything in the sukkah. Yeah. Do they wow. make like little kosher marshmallows on the fire? <laughs> Probably. Like a little we, Jewish we camping. Eat. We do not eat for those days of Sukkot. We don't eat outside of it, the sukkah, like nothing. I mean, I do because women are not obligated the same way men are. But like my husband and kids will not take a drink or a bite of food outside of the sukkah. <gasps> That's so. a great diet. Like yeah. you can only eat in like, because I feel like you could package that and make it like you can only eat in your closet and like one part of your house. I know, but then you would just stay there and like stuff your face. Not I know, but it will make your we life like harder. But it would be you would you could do that though without the guilt. What I should you have done is listened to our episode from last year, so I know what I said because I'm probably repeating things. They won't Sorry. remember. They, they, <laughs> okay, they won't remember. All, all, those people, all those people unsubscribed, and and now we have all good. the people. Oh, all of all no, of Megan listeners I, are drunk. I don't know if I told you about this, but we have something called a pop up sukkah, 
which we take with us when we, because everybody's off of school and work. And so it's like a big week of like going on trips and vacations. But how do you like spend a day at Disneyland if you don't have a sukkah? Disney's not putting up a sukkah. So we have something called a pop-up sukkah that is like- Thanks, Ron DeSantis. (laughs) You know those like tents that you can pop up or whatever? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's- built to be a sukkah and it has a little rolled mat of bamboo so you could put the roof on and we like attach it to the car at lunchtime oh and the guys God. eat in there i know so it's, it's really like can you, you imagine have a, like a pop-up camper van it's like that kind it's of it's kind of but like much more transportable right can you imagine it's being your family from like tallahassee florida <laughs> like of six people waiting in line for splash mountain or whatever it is and all of a sudden in Disneyland, all of a sudden you see like eight little Orthodox kids all dressed the same, just like pitch a tent yeah. and start eating. They would probably eggs. think it's a, an attraction. They would probably think it's like one of the <laughs> one of the oh, rides really? or one of the things. Last like, we, year, like, oh, we Pirates should do a Caribbean. Jewish theme park. No, look, like, great. Last year, you can joke about there. this. You can joke about this, but like people take it seriously. We went on a boat ride last Sukkot, and my kids wanted to have snacks and drinks, so they brought along with them a sukkah on the boat and had like, we literally dragged palm branches. I mean, it was, I think I have a video of it. It was hilarious. <laughs> they were careless. My boys were carrying palm branches with them so that they could make a little sukkah on the boat. Oh my God. They're like, going to call Fine. Child Protective oh Service on you. I mean, that's yeah. really like, I mean, now, now, I'm, with, Jay- I'm yeah. with Jamie Foxx on this one, I think. <laughs> so, um, a little I much. Can't, I can't remember. I can't remember if if you talked about this a year ago or um, when you were here for Passover, but um, the thing about like getting your car detailed because you can't have a single yeah, crumb. That's Passover. The, okay. A lot of people didn't believe that. I got a lot of pushback on that saying that I let you, that that's not true and I shouldn't that's- have let you say that. That's hilarious. It is absolutely wow. true. And they sh- if those people have a problem, they should call me. I'll tell them all about it. And Or they should go to any Orthodox community and see what they're doing with their cars the week leading wait, up to Wait, 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 wait. No, that's not how you do it. You should say you should listen to our podcast. That's the only <laughs> way to get all the information. Because I learned yeah. last week on our podcast, actually, that if in Passover, like your dog oh, yeah. doesn't have to keep kosher except on Passover. <laughs> Right. Right? Oh, I heard this. I heard this yeah. on your yeah. podcast. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. But do they have kosher dog food? Yeah, I think they do. But actually. Orthodox Jews hate dogs, right? Many do. Have dogs. Many, many don't have pets. It's now becoming a little bit more common. I'm seeing it more and more. But generally, Orthodox Jews, historically, Orthodox Jews did not have house pets. But okay. I think, you know, as, as the culture seeps in more and more, I think I'm seeing it happen more so i would we'll make see. a golden calf joke but i, I don't have enough knowledge <laughs> about it so so like what is more work like are, are these holidays like more labor intensive or less so than mm-hmm. passover that's a good question i mean this is just a very long month because it's a holiday after holiday after holiday by the time it's oh it's literally a month of holidays and it's exhausting and i think for a lot of people I'm, and i'm talking specifically about like Jews, like practicing Jews, you know, you have guests over and you eat out at other people's houses and you go to synagogue a lot. Um, I like host a ton. So it's, it's just a very, very labor intensive month. Um, but also there's like a very deep sense of like spiritual renewal and work that we're supposed to be doing on ourselves, you know, which is an added like element of sort of 
I don't want to say like a pressure, but definitely something that is in the back of my head, you know, starting like now, right? Like leading up to this holiday season. So something, it's it's like a heaviness in a way. Wait, like, but you have to pick something that you're going to do? Like, what do you mean? Like, like it's because the new, the Jewish New Year is all about kind of renewal and it's the time of judgment as we call it in, in Jewish. That's every uh, day for me. Yeah. Well, (laughs) so that's the thing. Judaism is very specific about how God judges us and how we should judge ourselves. And so Rosh Hashanah is like the time of year where we're supposed to do what we call a chesh nefesh, which is like an accounting, like a soul, a soul accounting. You know, what was our year? What did we have a good year? Did we have a bad year? What did we do for others? What did, what, how do we screw up? Like, you know, are we in a good place? Are we happy? Like all of these yeah. questions that we should be thinking about and like existentially, right? Like we're supposed so to be asking Is there a prompt I can now. use or something? Is there like a writing yeah, prompt? Yeah. You want Google oh, like and an Google app. LL prompts. You could find okay. one. Is there an app or something? Yeah. But this is the time to like really do self-reflection in a deep way. And then should also Should we do it to, now? No. Should we all oh, self-reflect right now? We should, but but the point is, <laughs> well, I mine is quick because I'll tell I didn't you what you can any, do. No, any I'll tell you what you can do because now is mm-hmm. the time to ask forgiveness from people. So I feel like you should ask me forgiveness for forgiveness for, for, for all what? the times you were a bitch what? to me this year. I'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does that mean I can continue being a bitch to you from when this episode airs until? Yeah, see, this Yom is Kippur? the problem with confession. With confession, it's just like one and done. Then well, you can go back to your old <laughs> no, but that's ways. why in Judaism that doesn't that's not right. In Judaism, actually, you only get forgiven for your sin if you're truly mm-hmm. repent, like you truly, truly feel remorse Ugh. and you ask for repentance. Wait, and when you're placed in the same place again, like in the same spot where you can sin again, if you don't do it. So, like, if you actually change your ways, oh, that's shoot. how you're forgiven. Because I was totally not gonna because I, I was gonna confess for some. I was gonna not confess. I was gonna apologize. Um, not to you, but I no. was going to think like, what, what did I do? That's like kind of wrong that I always do. And I was like, I make fun of a lot of people, like not to their face, but you know, like I'll see people walking around with like a mask in July, 2023, I'll make fun of them <laughs> or people who are very like weird, you know, kind of lives of TikTok. And I know it's not a nice thing to do. So I'd like to apologize for that, but also I'd like to continue doing that. So <laughs> I'm yeah. a little yeah, torn. But- this is this time of year is not about fake forgiveness. I mean, it's really about deep self-reflection. Like really to think about the relationships you have with your family, your your friends, what space you're taking up in the world. Are you making it a better place? Are you making it a worse place? Like and and Judaism wants us every year at New Year's at Rosh Hashanah to like consider it you know, ask for what we want, ask for forgiveness, and then start again. Like every year you have a new start. I think it's very empowering actually. I love the idea of like constantly starting fresh. So and, do you know what you're going to think about? Oh, yeah. Or what you are thinking about? <laughs> I mean... Well, tell us. I'm not going to confess right here, but I'm, I don't <laughs> have to. But Give us like, a, an easy one. I mean, there's a lot of things. I, I definitely want to be a better mom, a better wife, a better daughter, you know. How can I you think, be better at those? You're, you're already... I, I can't imagine yeah, like you being... I can be a lot better. But thank you for saying that, but trust me. That. I have a long way I, to I go. can hear your your father listening to this and laughing <laughs> out loud. <laughs> that you would have to stop doing your podcast if you were going to really be those That's things. That's true. Oh my gosh, my kids on on Shabbat this week at the table, mm-hmm. my kids were roasting me about our podcast. They will not listen to it. They're so deeply <laughs> good, embarrassed. Good. I don't want <laughs> and, them to listen. And do you know what what they're so embarrassed about? My son said, 
Do you know that on Spotify, every single one of your episodes has an E next to it? For explicit, you were so in there. It's, like it's every true. single episode. It, you don't true. even swear. Why? What would that we even do? Mean? Swear. We do. But, we do. We do. Yeah. Mm, and sometimes our guests swear too. But um, it's all in. But I feel like okay. Now, now, true. Like a moment of honesty. I yeah. feel like Chayalea especially is like doing a good thing for the Jewish world because she's introducing a lot of people to like weird Orthodox Jews and like making them seem normal. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. I think so she can be like an asshole in every other way. And she's still, (laughs) yeah, no, I I think it evens out. I don't know what my role is here in this podcast, but oh, you're, you're Um, indispensable. Totally. I'm, uh, I'm Um, the, you know, I'm the Israeli, uh, I don't know. Israeli sidekick. But do you but Megan, how, do you think that it's a good idea to spend like to, I think it like I I think it's really healthy to spend 3 days cuz that's what it is. Rosh Hashanah is 2 days, Yom Kippur is 1 day to spend 3 days kind of self-reflecting. And I'm saying that as someone who hates self-help stuff. Like I'm not mm-hmm. I hate I will not read a self-help meditate. book, but there is something powerful about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd have to like decide how it was going to be how it would be different from all other days, you right. know. Right. Just a little, little recall there. A little Jewish. Yeah, yeah Jewish exactly. You're doing a great job. But what if you don't want to self-reflect that day? Like, okay, here's here's what happens like to me. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm very caught up on this. You know, sometimes like Yom Kippur comes. It's like your birthday. What if you wake up on your birthday and you're like, I'm not in a mood to like hang, celebrate today. You could wake up on Yom Kippur and be like, mm, not really feeling the self-reflection today. Not feeling very spiritual. Yeah, but I think that's why we have so many rules and restrictions about how we celebrate our holidays because it puts you in a frame of mind. I mean, I'm never in the mood of self-reflection. The last thing I want to do is think about myself and what kind of person I am because if I really thought about it, it would be hard for me to get out of bed. But on the other hand, when I am fasting for 25 hours, when I'm in synagogue praying all day, when I, you know what I mean? When I'm not drinking water or when I'm in shul (laughs) listening to the sound of the shofar, like these things are what sort of prompt you to get to a place where you start doing the Mm -hmm. self-reflection. So this is where Chayla and I really... Hunger. This is is where we really (laughs) differ, I think. And this is where the secular Jew... And the Orthodox Jew differ because I've, I've like real talk. I've been to synagogue. I've heard the shofar. I've fast every, every year on Yom Kippur and nothing like, I don't feel anything. It's just, it's weird. I don't, I don't feel anything, but so I try to take that into like other parts of my life. Like if I'm meditating or something, I try to be like, okay, well there's some spirituality there or even doing this podcast. I'm like, that's my my Judaism, I guess. Chayla is like rolling her eyes. I can see them like rolling to the back of her head. I'm not rolling my eyes because you're right. It's not automatic that everyone is going to hear the shofar and be like, oh my God, please forgive yeah. me God for all my sins. But the idea is like people connect to different things at different times. Yeah. I mean, there's some years yeah, that yeah. I don't feel connected either. But I do, what I do feel very connected to is when I'm standing in synagogue and Everybody in the congregation is standing there and I notice, you know, a few people who have tears pouring down their face or I notice, you know, the parents holding their kids or I notice the old people who are struggling to stand up with their walker, but it means so much to them to hear the shofar and to stand for it. You know, like I really connect to my spirituality on a very like human level. And so it's really 
being part of the community in those moments and sort of absorbing it from the people around me, that means a lot. It's not so much that I'm standing there and I'm like, oh my God, the sound of the shofar is just, you know, oh, I'm so awe-inspired right now, you know? I get so, that feeling when I go to a Broadway show. Um, okay. Also, can we explain, I know what a chauffeur is, but in case yeah. people think we're talking about a limousine driver, can you please um, <laughs> explain and also it's, spell it's it? The horn of a ram, the horn of a ram. And right. it's, uh, it's, it's like a horn basically that you blow. And there's like a certain sequence of sounds that we make. There's three basic sounds. It doesn't sound like anything. It's not like a musical instrument. It sounds like a whale. It sounds like a like, like a a whale meaning like a cry, you know. And they do. We listen. We do. We blow the shofar on rushes. Actually, this year, <laughs> sorry, it's, I know. So, like sorry. I'm going to Studio Fifty Four, <laughs> and I, just, I know. I just I blow the sh- blew the shofar. We had a joke about this in our last episode. So. <laughs> I know. Oh I my god, you guys! I'm an innocent, <laughs> clean woman. You know, like this is why your kids don't want to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Thank God. Well, this is my podcast. They're not going to listen to this. That's right. Um, <laughs> no, but, okay, um, so it blo- so you blow this ram's horn. Yeah, no, I, I've heard it's it. Ram's horn. It's yeah, cool. I think it. it's cool. It is cool, and it is it is really evocative in a way, and it really does. It's it's very primal, you know, when you're standing there and you're listening and. I, I just feel connected to it. I mean, again, I'm not saying like I fall on my, you know, fall on my knees and I'm like crying out to Hashem, to God. Like, it's not like that, but it definitely touches me in a way. And it's, it's, um, it's meaningful. And it really gives me a, a pause to think about what I'm, what I'm asking for, what I want, what I want to bring into the world and, you know, and to ask forgiveness for the things I've done wrong. So. Yeah. Do Orthodox Jews go to therapy a lot? <laughs> um, that's an interesting question. I mean, more, more so now than before, for sure. Does a therapist have to be Orthodox? So I think a lot of Orthodox Jews prefer to go to an Orthodox therapist because it's very hard to like explain mm. our whole lifestyle. Oh my to God, it would take up know. the whole time. Like, exactly. sorry, our time is up. And right. you've only exactly. gotten to like the card detailing part. And right. you'd, have, you'd have to pay, <laughs> you have to pay for that too, that part. Right. And to really understand, like if someone's struggling with something, I mean, you really have to understand the world we come from and the dynamics yeah. of the family and the community. And so it is helpful to have like an Orthodox or at least somebody who knows the Orthodox world. That's like saying that you have yeah. to, if you're like trans, you have to have yeah. a Therapist. This is standpoint epistemology right yeah, here. Yeah, I know. Total, but total, it is kind uh, of true. It is kind of true. I think that that makes total sense. Because, yeah. I, I mean, the reason I ask is that everything that you're describing sounds like what people do if they go to therapy, for instance. Right. right? Yeah. Right. Like, I know you go to therapy. So er, every day is right. my mom's a therapist for you. I have never. Yeah, every day I'm going to tell you something. I have never been to therapy. I oh. never. Not one time. I should be going, but I just, I've never gone. I don't know. What about BetterHelp? <laughs> Maybe if we start talking about BetterHelp on our podcast, they'll pay us money. No, I just Look, um, I, I, BetterHelp is the participation trophy of podcasts. Yes, we don't need that exactly. Because you, even I have had BetterHelp ads for a time. That's really, but did you yeah. have to say that you used it? No, but you know what, Nick Gillespie, yeah, he says did. he has used it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah how boyish I don't know. Is that? I don't know. How, That's very like, guyish. Like that you, yeah. <laughs> I can't would. explain it. That's very guyish. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like Jews want to go to the most expensive therapists. Yeah, yeah, like not the cheap ones. No, yeah, you want to go to like the. But you also but we, don't we, want to be distant from your therapist. Like you don't want like a texting, like an AI therapist or whatever. Better help is. I don't know. I don't want to defame them. But I feel They're like not you want to go to no, somebody I think it's real therapists. See. This is the gig economy. There yeah. could be real. There could be like you know very 
posh therapists and moonlighting on BetterHelp. Who knows? Well, I wouldn't go I just, to, I, and this is, I don't want people to get mad at me, but whatever, this is your podcast, not mine. I <laughs> don't want to go to anybody under 40 for anything. Not, not a therapist under 40, not a doctor, not a lawyer, not an accountant, but especially not a therapist under 40. What about so, a like, life I want coach? Because been doing they're all under years. 30. Life coach. Yeah. Have you noticed that the life coach? Co- okay. Have you noticed that A, <laughs> people are going to life coaches instead of therapists and B, the life coaches are in their 20s. And I actually think that you couldn't be a life coach unless you were in your 20s because only someone in their 20s like has the hubris to think that they yeah. can tell people what to do. I'm yeah, serious. And, and maybe point. there's some value there perversely. No, you're right. I'll tell you something. And I think that a lot of people get tremendous help from therapy. And I don't want to sound callous about this. And what I'm going to say is going to sound a little callous, but (laughs) too many people don't get help from therapy and waste their money and waste their time and should stop. Like if you're not getting oh, yeah, help, yeah, they li- after, they lie to the therapist. Just stop. They, won't, they don't like, give them the whole story, exactly. and they won't do the work. Exactly, I'm just guilty stop. of that. Just yeah. don't go. But there are a lot of bad I think, therapists out there, right? But that's why in my community, the what's more normal and what's more like what we get like taught to do is to talk to mentors. Like um, yes. I talked about it last time, a mashbia, like somebody who's in the community who you look up to, who you admire they offer themselves as like a counselor almost, you know, like you can, and they know you, they know where you're coming from and what you need. And so it's a lot more personal and there's a goal in mind. Like you're going because, you know, you're struggling with whatever it is in your marriage or with your kids. So you're going with a specific issue and the person who, who you want to model their life is giving you help, you know, to get through that issue. I think that's great. Yes. I have ethical concerns about this. But there's I no mean, ethical they, concern. They can't tell on you, right? Like what's the, no, they, no, I mean, seriously. It's a, it's a total trust thing. And like the Rebbe, the Chabad Rebbe, our, our, our leader of our Hasidic sect was very, very much in favor of everybody having a, I, like a specific mashbia, somebody who they call for life questions. And it was usually, you know, a person, it's usually a person in the community, like my mother, for example, who's very wise and, you know, has years of experience. She's not a therapist, but she's, you know, and not to, not to look down on therapists, they have a very specific need that they fill. But my mother could give a lot of good life advice. You know, your kid is uh, misbehaving in school and you don't know what to do, or you, your daughter isn't nice to you and you have a bad relationship or your friendship or whatever, you know. My mother has a, a ton Are of you advice. About you? When you yeah. say your daughter isn't nice to you, is that <laughs> yes. you? Do yes. Your mother has experience? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. We could she talk about that. She has 13 kids, right? No, you no, have, no, your, no. My mother in law. My mother in law has oh, your mother in law. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My mother How many siblings six. do you have? Six. We have six. I'm the oldest of six kids. Okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. that's hard. Small. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like a, like an AA sponsor. Exactly. Yes. And it, everyone should have one of those. Like, I don't know. I mean, Megan, you and I went out to dinner the other night, and even just talking through some of the things that we talked about felt like enormously like freeing for me. You know what I mean? And so but that's friends. That's what that's friends good, do. But that's what we yeah. need. People <laughs> Everybody have friends. Should have friends. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> friends. I think human relationships are really important, you guys. No. Too many people don't have that though. <laughs> they don't have it. And that's why there's so much therapy going on. They just um, need friends. They need family. They need advisors. Have you that's noticed that like therapy speak has becoming like, I feel like a lot of people don't know how to behave nowadays, so they talk to you, like, in a way that you can tell that they learned it from therapy. Like, they're, like, Like, they're going to have a boundary with you? 
Yeah. They're yeah. Set a boundary. Like, yeah. There'll be like unnecessarily like verbal or they'll be like opening up issues with you that are just like, dude, like, don't worry about that. Like there, yeah. I, I feel like with a lot of therapy today, it's just like helping people through really like normal behavior that they should have learned, like socializing on the playground. Oh, like this is interesting. Like what? Yeah. Like bringing stuff back up from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I, I like, okay, here, had, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Give an example. So, uh, well, this is cause this is about, this is about us. This is about Hyla and my relationship. So before Hyla came on, I complained that she was late and I complained oh, to now. her and this, yeah, but I complained to her before yeah. that she was late and then she told me to shut up and we got, oh, and we're like, we got it out of our system. Right. And I feel uh, like if you were in like somebody who doesn't know how to behave, like maybe a younger person, you would go to your therapist and be like, what should I do about my friend? And then, and then I would be like, Hey, Hylia, can I talk to you? Um, oh, listen, yeah, it's oh, really disrespectful my of my time. And I was just hoping that you could, um, you know, just see me a little bit more. And would that be okay? <laughs> and like, no, no, I'll tell you, stop being fucking late and you tell me, shut the fuck up. And then okay. we'll go and record I was, a podcast. Wait, I was right? literally four like, minutes so much late better. and you're always late. So I just want to put well, that out there. Also, she was late, late because she was kayaking. I, exactly. I, I'm just in awe. I, I can't even believe that. You it's, must have gotten I still, up I still at like don't believe four it. in the morning. I'll have to see photos. It's morning here, by the way. Like it is morning <laughs> on the West Coast still. And I have, a, was I have the ability to get a lot of stuff done in one day. I don't know. I just, I'm an energizer bunny, I guess. I just like oh to get Oh my God. A I can't, uh, my yeah. dog wakes me up at like between 6 and 6.30 every morning just to eat. Like he doesn't even need to go outside. <laughs> he, he's so obsessed with food. Like he just demands food. So just cute. demand. And uh, I have to get out of bed and give That's him so food. Cute. And I have to force myself not to get back in bed. By the way, I may, I just want to say one thing in my defense. On top of the fact that we started at 11 a.m. Sorry, I'm giving details, but you have to understand. <laughs> I also went kayaking and my oldest son moved to New York this morning. Okay. He left. What? And, yes. He left and moved and he's flying to New York right now and he's moving there for college. And so I'm just like a lot oh my is gosh. going on. Are you crying? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, no, I don't know why I'm pretty calm Wait, about it. Call, is he go, where is he going to college? Can you say? He's going to a Jewish college in New York called Turo. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That's Jewish? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that he's was going Jewish. To a Jewish program. Yeah. Oh. He already graduated. I mean, he, he became a rabbi actually last month. What? Yeah. <laughs> my son is a rabbi. How old is he? Wait, he's 21. How, you can, this is like the life coach that's, that's 21. <laughs> how, what is it with this? I know, but he doesn't want to be a rabbi, but he was in yeshiva for seven years. And so that's, the, it's like going to law school. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. You don't have to be a lawyer. Exactly. Right. Okay. So he got so the rabbinical. He's a non-practicing rabbi. Yes. And now he wants to go to med- medical school. So he's. Oh, that's good. Through, yeah. So fulfilling How, every jewish better. mother's dream how can you i mean what's the youngest you can be a priest i wonder i wonder i don't know because you don't yeah. see a lot of young i mean you do see the kind of youngish i, I do want to say that like young. orthodox rabbinical ordination and like reform rabbinical ordination are very different so it's not like people shouldn't think in their minds that it's the same thing like my son completed seven years of yeshiva the last year he spent in france really studying 
very in-depth for a year, all Jewish law, like especially about kosher and the laws of Shabbat. And he had four oral tests and four written tests by a head rabbi in Israel. Like very, it's very intense, but reform and conservative and reconstructionist rabbis go through like a five-year process. They spend a year in Israel. It's like a very different. Yeah. Okay. um, Yeah. It's very different. They spend a lot of time on like pastoral care. Like my son did not take any class on like how to be a, a good listener. It's oh, pastoral <laughs> care. I thought I was thinking like yeah. tending sheep out in the pasture. Sorry, yeah. I have the wrong idea. Okay. How to be a good listener. Wow. Um, oh, that, yeah. so, all right. So you you could just go back to bed after this because that, that- No, is because a, like I also have week. an engagement party and then a community barbecue oh and then a bat God. mitzvah all today. But they always so, have yeah. a bat oh mitzvah. The thing about Orthodox people <laughs> you should know is that every day they have a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah or a wedding or, and like, and they don't just do like a wedding. They have like a Shabbat Chatan and a 30 day this. And then they celebrate when the bride has her period. And then you're kind of like Latinos that way. Always a quinceanera, always a <laughs> always, party. It's true. Always. It's all Some, the, uh, there's always a party. In that sometimes culture. I feel like yeah, I would be really, <laughs> what, you'd be tired? <laughs> no, I was going to say I'd be really overweight because I'd be eating all the food. Yeah, well. So, okay, yeah, what are you doing? So it's three hours later for you. <laughs> what are you going to do after this? I am going to uh, return my puppy, who I have for the weekend. His oh. name is Otto. <laughs> that doesn't She's sound, that up. came out wrong. That does I not know. sound, out of context, that's not good. Yeah. You're going to rehome um, him? I'm going to rehome him. I'm going to throw him back to the street. No, I yeah, foster takes puppies care on of the weekend. Police puppies. Look, in case our listeners don't remember, yeah. you take care of police puppies yes. over the weekend. You're not just returning yeah. your dog. In okay. yeah, yeah. I'm like I don't like him. We didn't we didn't vibe. No, he Aww. I just had him for the weekend. He was a okay boy. Um he's very very cute, but he's going back uh, to his program and then I'm going to go meet my friend for dinner in Brooklyn. I feel like my life is like very um what's the word not glamorous but like very um just not important compared to Chayla's life oh you know this is so funny because this is how I feel about um my podcast partner my other podcast Sarah Hader because like she's always doing like important family things and I'm always like meeting somebody for drinks (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and like tomorrow I'm going to work and then I have a friend who's uh in town from somewhere and we're going to do bar trivia Wow. But also, yeah. that all sounds yeah, really, really fun. I mean, it is I, fun. I, I it is try fun. to do I'm those things complaining. too. I mean, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not complaining. I think we I put a certain weight on like, especially like kids stuff and family obligations and, you know, which I love. I'm, I, you know, I talk about this all the time, how much I love the community and family aspect of being an Orthodox Jew. But let me tell you, sometimes it's a lot, you know, sometimes I don't want to go to a bat mitzvah on a Sunday or to a wedding or, you know, it's. It's a lot. And I you, can imagine. All yeah. right. Well, speaking of, speaking of a lot, so um, when Kylie and I had dinner last week, isn't it weird? I, I, I booked this conversation with both of you, and then I ended up seeing each of you in person. Yeah. I saw, I saw yeah. Yael oh my God. a week ago. Did you guys talk about me? Did you guys gossip? Yeah, the whole time. No. It's okay yeah. if you did. I just imagine <laughs> you said really nice things. But that, Okay. But then <laughs> Kylie and I had had uh, dinner in an Israeli restaurant that I found. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. Oh, that nice. was a good job. Really, really good. good. In LA? Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you. Yes. And you can bring your dog. So it's not... It's not an orthodox place. <laughs> so we're going to go next time with Hugo. But yeah. so we got into a fascinating conversation about mikvahs. Mm. Speaking oh. of a lot. Speaking Do you of want me to like explain? the biggest pain in the ass. Okay. Yeah. Gail, you give your explanation of mikvahs and then Kailea will okay. try. 
then I'll fix it. <laughs> a mikveh. I have, by the way, I've never seen one or been in one, but here's how I understand them. It's like a spa where Jewish women go. And you know those Korean spas where you get naked in front of a bunch of people and like somebody scrubs you down? Yes. And then there's, it's a, like, there's a, a transgender person and exposing yourself. Yeah. The, and there's like a floating news. dead body in one of the pools <laughs> that happened in Queens once. So really? it's like that, but you oh have God. to go at a certain time of the month like at a certain time in your cycle. Mm-hmm. Right? Did I did I get I that mean, right? Sort of. But <laughs> it could it have been worse. Sort of not. No, you got the cycle part right. So you want me to explain what the mikvah is? And yes, why, please. And what yeah. Okay. And just interrupt me with questions as I go along. In a nutshell, part of Jewish um, law and and life as an Orthodox practicing Jew is are the laws of what we call family purity, I guess. I don't know. There's not really a good <laughs> translation that for it. That sounds like it eugenics. Like an, it sounds like horrible. an old, right? It's like, not something it's, that Mike Pence would be It's on really not the right on. English. Yeah. I know. It's not the right <laughs> is this, English. Is this a Richard Hanania <laughs> deep <No>. cut? <laughs> but um, so what it is, is that, you know, and I'm going to talk about it in two ways. I'll tell you like what the ideal is and what Judaism is trying to do with it. And then I'll also be, I can be open and personal about the like real experience of it. So um, what the idea is, is that marriage is hard and intimacy is very important in a marriage. And it's not only very important, it's probably the most important thing between a husband and a wife, um, physical intimacy and emotional intimacy, both. And when you're married for any amount of time, you know that that is challenging, right? And some people have a harder time with the physical part. Some people have a harder time with the emotional She's talking about part. sex for people who can't read between the lines, by the way. Yes. I mean, I'm saying physical. What else does that mean? Um, I don't but know. Yes, Maybe there's like some weird orthodox ritual. furniture together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what Jewish law does basically is it divides up the month in two. And it's based on the woman's menstrual cycle. So when a woman is menstruating and then for a week after she finishes. So let's say your period lasts for five days or six days. Then you add, you count seven, what we call clean days where you don't have, you're not spotting or having your period. And then that night, the night of the seventh night after this period time, right? So it's like two weeks, basically, the woman would goes to the mikvah. And during those two weeks that the woman's menstruating and then the seven clean days, the husband and wife do not have any physical contact at all. So no hugging or kissing or really obviously no what about sex. like past the salt like seriously so, no actually that's a really really good question because and i i want to just clarify one thing like i'm speaking as myself as a hasidic jew and like the way my community does it people have different levels that they follow so if you do something different great and call a vote to you but i can just talk from my own what my community does so actually we do not pass things to each other um, oh during that time i mean that's something like my husband and i are not as careful with all the time obviously but a lot of couples are very careful about you know putting things down before the other one picks it up it's actually kind of in the beginning when i learned about it before i got married i was like that sounds ridiculous but it does heighten something between you when you like are noticing that you are not touching. Yeah, you know what I mean? Kinda, it's kind of sexy. Yeah. It, it, you do. <laughs> like it does remind you. It really does. Yeah. It does remind you that like, oh, you know, especially like if you're in public and like he's like handing you something, but then he like discreetly puts it down so you can pick it up. Like it's just, you know, a little reminder that, oh, it's not that time right now. So anyway, but, after those two weeks are finished, <laughs> okay, then everybody's, you know, 
ready to like touch each other again. Um, the woman spends a day like getting ready and getting prepared and totally clean head to toe. And we'd like really spend a lot of time preparing for the mikvah taking off like all nail polish and, but like really like we take a bath and two showers and like we really <sighs> are very, spend a lot of time. And then you go to this ritual bath, which is the mikvah. And I could say like what happened. You want to know what like happens yeah, there? Yeah. So okay. like you go there, like, nope. is it a place? Is there like a yes. front desk? Do you have to check in? Do they so give you like, <laughs> key, like, is there a locker? Yes. Like yes. what do you yes. do with your Do you get a robe? Get a room. Can you take the Everybody rope home? Room. So if you live in a big city like LA or New York, like you go and you, there's like a waiting room and it's very private. Nobody really, you don't talk to people about it because you don't want your friends and family to know. Like, <laughs> this sounds I like going to your family cram. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like no, but just if, kind of waiting, if sitting people there know, nervously. I think... I think it's like no, when people, you know, you know how awkward it is when people say like, we're trying to have a baby and they tell you yeah, that, we don't do that because then you're like, that. you're basically saying like, we're having sex. So I feel like that's right. the same with a mikveh. No, you would never tell someone like I, you really don't tell anybody. I mean, it's not, it's just, it's really private between you and your husband. And so the mikveh attendant, there's like a woman who like is in charge of the mikveh. She will like organize it. So like in a community, like I live in Long Beach, which is small, there's one small mikveh here. It's beautiful. There's like three dressing, you know, there are rooms with showers and bathtubs, like a spa. It's beautiful. And you get your own room and you get ready in there. And then the mikvah, like this, the actual mikvah, the body of water that you go into, um, is in a separate room and they come and get you. And so they organize it so you don't see anyone else that's there. You know what I mean? Oh. Even though, even though it's a very small community. So sorry to my friends, but like often when I pull into the parking lot, I'm like, oh, I know that car and I know that car and you know, whatever. But that's life. I mean, do you have to so, make an appointment or can you walk in? And, in Long Beach, like in most communities, you make an appointment, but like in the big, mm. big Jewish communities, you don't, you just can go. They have like 30 waiting rooms and sometimes you have to wait in the, like I've been to mikvahs not here, like when I'm traveling or whatever. And you do have to like wait in a waiting room and everybody's just sort of quiet and respectful. And it's a holy, I mean, everyone treats it like with utmost like holiness and um, yeah. So it's not like weird or anything. So yeah. So, so when you're all ready. And you're ready to go into the mikvah. The woman, the mikvah attendant comes and gets you and they take you into the, the, the actual mikvah and you go down in it. It's water. Like a, it's like a spa. It looks like a jacuzzi. And you go, you make a blessing. There's an, a bracha that you make. And we, our custom is to dunk three times. You have to get fully submerged in the water. Um, we do it three times and then you go home and have fun. Everyone must know when somebody's pregnant because they're not going. Well, right. So when you're pregnant, you don't go. And if you're not menstruating, you don't go to the mikvah. So if someone's on like a type of birth control that you don't get your period or if you're pregnant or once you hit menopause, I mean, then you stop. Yeah. You only go when you're menstruating. But all the girls, so, so like when the girls first get their period, everybody knows that must be. No, you only go after marriage. You oh, only right, go, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. You only, the first time you go to the mikvah is generally the night before your wedding. And it's a beautiful, like, it's really like a, an exciting time for the family. The mother, usually your mom goes with you for the first time. And some, like, in the Sephardi community, in the Mizrahi community, they make, like, big parties where, like, all the female <sighs> relatives come. And it's, like, a whole big event. That's not, we don't do that in our community, but I know a lot of people who do that. Like, they see you naked going in there? You, are you totally naked or are you wearing something? Absolutely totally naked. You do not wear anything. But I, I've never did. I mean, we don't do that. We, only the mikvah attendant sees you naked. Yeah. 
Wow. It's it's interesting. That's an interesting part. Like, it's funny because I always just assumed that it was too dark to see anything from up above, like while you're in the water. And then one time I was asked to walk, to be the mikvah attendant for someone else. And I was standing on top and I'm like, oh, I can see everything. <laughs> they can see everything. It's not so dark up here. So whatever. So, and then you, ha- okay. And then you have to go home and have sex with your husband. Yeah. So the idea is that that night you're definitely having sex. And yeah. is this sort of set up like for fertility reasons? Like so it, because your I mean, chances of getting pregnant two weeks after theoretically. Yes, I mean, exactly. It's it like the best time to, to get pr- your most fertile time. But also, like, in your body's natural, like a woman's body, I think often that's when she's most open to sex and wants it most. And, you know. Yeah, this is an evolutionary Exactly. And, like, it really takes away the whole pressure of, like, making excuses when you have your period or, like, making even, like, even, oh, I have a headache. I can't. You know, like, we don't have that really. It doesn't really exist because – Two weeks out of the month, it's there's no discussion about it. And then once you go to the mikvah, like the expectation is like we only have, you know, a week and a half or so that we could be like having Wait, sex. So, so like you're not allowed to have sex the rest of the month? No, we can just as long until we get our period. So but you only have like a week and a half or two weeks till that happens again. So okay, you but you can't. Try. But you can't have sex during your period or on these or sort of mar- margins. Yeah. Oh, so, seven wow. Days after. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What if somebody really wants to? Like, can they, no. how, they can't know, they can't know though. Like, what, what do you mean? Want to? No, like, but we don't. don't. I mean, it's like keeping Shabbat or kosher. Like, we're really careful about it. We just don't. Wow. I know. But that's why, like, for a lot of people, mikvah night, I mean, it's like, it's almost like having a wedding night every month. Like, it's oh exciting. God. Like, it's always <laughs> fresh, you know, without the pain. Sorry, but, that's you us. know. <laughs> It's um, it's fresh every month. Yeah. If you <laughs> think, Megan, if if you think this is all weird, it's because it is very weird. <laughs> this is like the human version of getting your car detailed. I, I, I think people are going to listen and be like, I don't believe this. Well, this is going to be the same thing. Look it up. I, I I challenge anybody to look up the laws of of uh, mikvah and um, to understand. Listen, I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't want to pretend that this is amazing for everyone and it's the most, you know, helpful thing. I mean, there is a beauty to it that I really, really believe in because marriages have to be both about passion, physical passion, but also about communication. And like, this really forces you to communicate for two weeks out of the month without like touching each other. And it's, it's important to do that. And then on the other hand, there are times of the month where it's just like, you know, we don't need to talk. Let's just, you know, Let's just do it, whatever. Like, and so it really helps balance those things out in a marriage and it just keeps it fresh. It really, I I can't explain it in any like more basic way. That, but having said that, I know some women who hate doing it, and I know many, many women who love it and who wait for it. And you know, it's it's you know, like anything, there's good and and some challenges. Wow. Yeah, is this convincing you? I think this, I think I, think. <laughs> I mean. It, it's um, it's so confusing to me. Like, first of all, I didn't know any of this stuff before I met Hialeah. I'm stuck Despite on the like taking Jewish your nail polish off part. Like, the taking your, your nail polish off is, just seems like a huge pain. Well, what if you have it, a gel manicure, 
Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I could tell you as someone who gets gel manicures, probably giving myself cancer every single month, I schedule all of my grooming around going to the mikvah. So I always get wax before the mikvah, but I get my manicures and pedicures the day after the mikvah. Like I I schedule everything around it so that Like when you go on vacation. Right. So vacation is an interesting one because vacation. (laughs) Oh, yeah. um, So, yeah, if we really, I mean, if you need to go to a mikvah, you really should be somewhere where there is a mikvah. Like, because I've done, I've gone in the ocean. I think I told the story. Sorry if I'm repeating. No. No? Well, not on this show. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah, on our show. I don't think so. Sorry to everyone who listened to the one on our our show, but um, they can't get enough. (laughs) They like to hear the same thing over and over. This is the kind of content you expect. I love it. If you sign up. We went, my husband will kill. I'm going to tell him not to listen to this episode, but. Does he we, listen to this show? I bet yeah, he doesn't even. He does. Oh, really? Oh, oh, he does. Yeah, but I'm going to tell him maybe not to because he will be super uncomfortable with me talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we went on vacation once and the timing was just really off. And I ended up like I had to go to the mikvah while we were on vacation. We were in Hawaii and we were in Kauai and there's no mikvah there. And there was no way Except that the we o- weren't. What? Okay. Except the ocean. Right. So you can go to like an, a body of water like that, but you know, it's, you have to go after dark. By the way, you can only go to the mikvah after dark. Like there's all oh. these rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and you have to be completely naked and you know. So <laughs> we were staying at a, at a resort and it was one, I thought it would be like so romantic and sexy to like, you know, have that experience like in Hawaii. And I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be so intimate. Cause like we're, no one's going to be there and it's just going to be me and you. And my husband like doesn't go in water. He doesn't really know how to swim. So he was like very stressed out about it, but I love the ocean. So I was like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. Anyway, it was the worst nightmare of my whole life because yeah, the water at night in the ocean is not friendly. It was so scary. No, there's sharks. The shark I'm is like, going to come. Thank I'm God like, you don't have your, thank God your period's over. I mean, you'd, you'd <laughs> definitely get eaten by a shark. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what if I'm going to, yeah, what if I'm getting bit by something? And like, I had to like, take off my dress in the water so that I could do it properly. And I'm like, it's going to float away. So I'm like throwing it to my husband on the, it was just, it was, it was really stressful. It was really stressful. Sounds like a romantic comedy with like Adam I was going to say, this sounds like very fun. Yeah, exactly. At one point, I just remember screaming over to my husband. I'm like, if I start to drown, do not get in the water. You run for help because then our our kids will have no parents if you come in the water. So go get help. And he just like that really scared him. So whatever, yeah. Oh. But go somewhere where there's a mikvah. That's, that's the lesson. Wow. So don't don't go to like uh, Stockbridge, Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't. Where is that? <laughs> Some goish goish people go. No, I'm just thinking like you, you wouldn't go someplace like <laughs> yeah. Like if you go to Maine or something, I would. Yeah. Think well, be a lot. most places where there are any, if there's an Orthodox Jew in the place, there's going to be a mikvah. It's the first thing they will build, even before a synagogue or anything. Um, because obviously the men, you know, understand that if they want to get lucky, they need to have a mikvah local. So it's generally the first Jewish institution that is built that in a cemetery. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm speechless. I, I don't know. I, don't I feel know like I didn't do it justice with like the spiritual part of it. So like maybe next time I could do a little bit more on that. This was like a very practical conversation about it, but yeah, there's a lot of, well, I learned a lot beautiful. about sex life of Orthodox 
couples. Yeah. I mean, I do remember that there was a scene in Unorthodox, which which I know that one of the reasons that you started your podcast was because you couldn't stand the way the Orthodox community was being portrayed in the media, especially on that in that series. And I remember there was a scene where she goes to the mikveh, I guess, before her marriage. And yeah. it's it's shown as being like this very dark experience and almost as if she's being like held under the water or something. Yeah, like it's, that's the way I remember it. <laughs> it's like could, that could not be further from the truth, honestly. Like the mikvahs today. Now, I'm not saying that no one ever had that experience. I obviously haven't been to every mikvah and I'm not in every community, but I have been to many mikvahs and I have many, many, many... I would say hundreds of female relatives and friends. Um, and I, that has not been the experience that I've ever heard from anybody. They're beautiful. They have updated. The mikvahs are, today are just like absolutely stunning. They look like any fancy spa that you would go to. And the women really, I mean, look, it's a, there is a generational shift happening. And I see it like in the mikvah attendants, for example. You know, the older mikvah attendants certainly are more old-fashioned and will you know, ask you more questions or whatever, while the younger mikvah attendants are much more like, you know, you, you it's up to you, whatever you feel comfortable, whatever. Like, so it's a generational shift and it's, it's a beautiful mitzvah and it's a beautiful, I think it's a really beautiful way to be married. Honestly, it's very, very helpful for marriage. It really is. Wow. Would you be um, insulted if like this, it was uh, appropriated by <laughs> the mainstream, if there were suddenly like some kind of movement? No, I think, look, it's funny because one of the things, this is like kind of depends on what part of the community you come from, but in the ultra-Orthodox community where I'm from, Mary, you know, in the bedroom, there we have two beds because we don't sleep together um, for the two weeks that I'm, you know, menstruating and then the seven clean days. So we have two beds in our room. And that's becoming more common. Mainstream. My grandparents been, had that too, but, oh, but really? not not Jewish. But they weren't Jewish. That's so that funny. I know of. Yeah. yeah, they were just like they just don't like each other or whatever. Yeah, yeah no, but that, no, there's yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of um, there are a lot of I've been reading all these articles lately about couples like sleeping in separate bedrooms or oh that, separate which, yeah absolutely separate I don't wings. Think that's good, but like I think I do. Yeah. is fine. Do you know how no, bad? I think, do you know I how think many men snore? It's it's epidemic. That's but also true. sometimes I want like I've I've had an experience where I said I, tonight I just need my own blanket, so I gave him a different blanket and I said I just need to curl up in this blanket because I'm you know on my period or whatever and right right yeah Elle, do you think I have a question for you so there's okay. a big so mikvah is only really I mean it's only for married couples but there are a lot mm -hmm. of single women now who are like older, who are in relationships, who are not married, who are wanting to go to the mikvah. And that's become kind of like mm. a new question in the Orthodox world that the rabbis are trying to grapple with. If like single women who are in relationships. Like before they go out on a Friday night, like before a Tinder date? <laughs> not like a one night stand, but like if someone has a boyfriend. But are they like even allowed some, to oh. do that? Are they allowed to have sex with their boyfriends well, outside of so that's, marriage? That's the thing. They're not. According to Jewish law, you're not. But there are some kind of workarounds in a way. And some people are saying mm -hmm. that like they want the opportunity to do that since it's so you know, spiritual and holy and yeah, makes there's a lot in, um, more holy. So I don't of know. Of people in Israel who are not religious, like you would think, like don't necessarily keep Shabbat or keep kosher, but like want to participate right. in more 
religious like rituals and they'll do. Right. And it's funny that you mentioned single woman because I noticed it a lot of like, there's like a lot of uh, superstitious, I think a little superstitious, um, you know, things that women do, like they'll go um, to the graves of all these rabbis mm-hmm. up north mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. ask for a mate. In Israel? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a, yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a place called Amuka where one of the rabbis mm-hmm. is buried. And it's like, uh, if you go there and you walk around his grave seven times, you're supposed to like find your match. If I was a dude, yeah. I would hang out there all the time and just like, <laughs> I was going to say, they should, they should put women. like a bar. Yeah. Should be yeah. like a nightclub. <laughs> no joke. My grandfather said that 25 years ago when we went there. Really? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's yeah, like, see. we should set something up here. Missed opportunity. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised there isn't. But, uh, wow. yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, don't know. I kind of feel. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go no, ahead. I was just going to say. Is that what no, Gentiles do? This is why we started go this. Ahead. Like, um, do you no, think no, you that, uh, no, you Gentiles defer, <laughs> uh, defer in the conversation? I just think yeah, women do. We all just want to talk. Um, I forgot. <laughs> it probably wasn't very important what I was about to say. <laughs> I kind of feel like you should have to be married in order to do that. Yeah. I don't know. It I means, yeah, I mean, I, it's like kind of like health agree. insurance. <laughs> yeah, I could like, see myself doing it maybe on my wet, like around a wedding as like a special occasion thing, like going to a Korean spa. Again, it's not something I'd want to do every month, but right. You know. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. Listen, it's, it really is a lifestyle, but I have friends who are not Orthodox who go to the mikvah every month and who are married. Does it cost money? go to the mikvah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. how much does it cost? It's like $25 a visit. Each time? Uh, do you mm-hmm. get like a, oh, what a is, punch card? I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, is it like a car wash? Like you get a free one? Do you one get like a free eyebrow wax? How many times? If you go to the 10th time. <laughs> some, some mikvahs now, the new ones that are being built in some of the more posh neighborhoods have nail salon, like a nail salon in it. Nice. So that you can get your gel you manicure, can get manicures right after. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I love it. See that? I can get on board with that. Yeah. So wait, but what if somebody's really poor? Is it on a sliding scale? Absolutely. I mean, if someone can't afford it, no one would ever ask them for any of the money. And mo- I mean, the the money is just like a token. Everybody volunteer. It's all volunteer based. At least in in our community here, the women who are the mikvah attendants are all volunteers. And um, yeah. And you, if you can't afford it, you totally go for free. And it's like, and th- these are all over the place. Like they're in Beverly everywhere. Hills, and I just haven't noticed. Like, are they, are everywhere. they like, do they, are they secret? Like, are there, yeah. are there signs? Like, how do you know where generally, they are? Generally, because it's like pri- very private. Generally, they're not going to be like big, you know, marquee like announcements. Wait, where are they, they are. on Yelp? I'm looking on Yelp. Near <laughs> no, me but to see you, the mikvahs. Oh my god! Because I want to see their reviews. You could go to. Oh my there's god! A website. There is. There Upper is? West Side Mikvet has two reviews, 4.5. <laughs> Where is but it? I want to see Should what it say? is. But they're all, uh, <laughs> Upper West Side Mikvet is incredible. This is from nine years ago. It's incredibly clean and respectful. <laughs> they have all the necessary cleaning products, toothbrush, toothpaste, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, you do get a robe. Okay. Yeah, uh, of course. Da, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. Uh, but I, I want to hear like, uh, oh, but this one's expensive. It's $30. Uh, no, I want to, yeah. I want to see like bad, bad reviews. I want to yeah, see like. I'm sure there are. There's a website called mikvah.org for when, like if you're ever anywhere and you want to check out a mikvah, you can, that's where. But do you have to be yeah. Jewish? Okay. What if you just, what if I went, they would just turn me away? <laughs> yeah, probably. Or Yael. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they would. would ask, they would definitely ask like why, you know, if they don't know who you are, they'll ask a few questions. Like, are you Jewish? Are you married? You know? Like I'm that, totally but, in the yeah. in the LA mikvah Yelp scene now. 
and there's really um, th- they're getting better reviews than most like sushi restaurants I've been to. They're all like five star, five star. Maybe that's like is that part of it? Is this I'm like a growth for a bad in- industry? I mean, yeah, they're they build them. I mean, let me put it to you this way: like I lived in Crown Heights when I first got married, 22 years ago, and Crown Heights had one women's mikvah then, and it was a zoo because their crown heights was a huge community of women. So every night there were tons of people there. I think there are now like three more mikvahs and they are 10 star, not even five star, like gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous. Wow. And I feel like they're this more is the longest anybody's ever talked about mikvah. Don't do, I know. And they're like in Brooklyn, they're probably hipster. Like it's a, probably like an artisanal. Yeah. There's, there's, well. <laughs> you have to Google it and like look at, you know, new mikvahs and you'll see like, this is not the Masada mikvah. Like, cause you know, in Israel, like you'll see ancient mikvahs. They were like stone and whatever, you know, rocks. This is not the thing we're we're going to. These are beautiful spas. So, wow, this is very. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're going to get a lot of you know conversions, converts, as they <laughs> well, say. Well, actually, uh, when you convert, you go to the mikvah too. That's that's part of the process yeah. of converting. Oh, you can still go, Megan. I know you're. This is actually yeah. You're. This is you've. Um, made some headway here. Yeah. And, and there are, Orthodox is growing, right? Did we talk about that yes. before? Yes, it is. Because of stuff like this, I would imagine. You know what? I think in the world we live in today with the problems that we're facing, I think Jude, Judaism and Jewish law has answers to some of the big questions that people are searching for. And, you know, I, I work on, with college students, as many of your listeners probably know already, and the things that they're worried about and the things that they're feeling you know, when you are part of a tight-knit community with, you know, lots of support and boundaries and, you know, sort of structures in place, it's it's just really helpful in this kind of huge world that feels very lonely. So people are, are like, coming back to it in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And ritual. Ritual means a lot to people today. You know, when people don't have fam- strong family ties, I think human beings love the idea of ritual to begin with. So if you have families you know, there's a lot of like familial ritual, but if you don't have that, where do you find that kind of ritual? Where, where do you like, how do you ground yourself in, in like meaning? Yeah. A lot of people go to like a uh, yoga class. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Seriously. soul cycle. It's true. Exactly. It's true. There they is something, become... there is something very satisfying. Like when you're a regular at a group exercise class, it's like you get there and you know exactly what to do. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. something like very satisfying about that. Right. That's what religion is. Exactly what you're describing. Right. Or like if you're a sports fan or, you know, like there's something about understanding how it all works and knowing the inside and being part of something. It's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, before I let you go, is there anything we need to know about your podcast these days? Hmm. I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. I don't know why. I really I love, love it. it. I love I it. I did not Kyle think I would like doesn't podcast. understand why people listen to it. <laughs> no, but I love they it. Do. It's, they do. It's really fun. Yeah, Elle and I, I think, have have really hit our stride. I hope, I mean, we're, I hope, you know, hopefully more. You're having a lot of guests. Yeah. Look, it's great. You yeah. Have, I could put it out here. Guests, like, which is exciting. My dream guest, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put it out here because, like, maybe if I say it, it will happen. And maybe somebody that listens to your podcast has a connection to this person. But my dream guest right now is Monica Lewinsky. So if I mm. really want to have her on, I really want to talk to her. Mm. She'd be great. Yeah. She's a hero, actually. Yeah. I really I mean, want to talk refused to her. She would be. I, she would she be refused cool. to talk. She did not want to uh, talk to the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> 
she, yeah. she really she 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 can keep a secret. It's yeah. so ironic because I know the thing that the way she's perceived is like absolutely 180 degrees from reality. Yeah, it's such well, a different what happened time. But but also, I feel like today, if it happened today, it would be like obnoxious to the other side in a way. Yeah, like we would turn I her know, into some be. kind of hero. Well, yeah. she where was, in reality I mean, she she what got the really Clintons did over. to her. Yeah. I mean, what the Clintons did to her, what Linda Tripp did. I mean, she was a monster. Like, yeah, horrible, horrible person. I mean, the whole, I just, I'd love to unpack it all with her. I mean, if she would be She was like the butt of the world's jokes. Yeah. Which is like not, not But we were all just jealous, uh, let's be honest. I mean, we would all, let's be honest, we would all do the same thing. We would all, if we were in that same situation, (laughs) we would all like, we would all hook up with the president. (laughs) Blow yeah, the, the chauffeur phone. first, but and not then, with yeah. Biden. I wouldn't with Biden. Not because I don't. Like not go him, to the mikveh first. <laughs> he's too old. He's too old. Even for me, he's too old. Yeah, Biden just doesn't. I I wouldn't go. Like we usually talk about dictators. Maybe we should talk about presidents. Today. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like I know, yeah, I know. We have hot, to go in a second. Presidents. But yeah, hot, hot. Um, yeah. Who do you like on the on the Republican uh, candidate roster? Who, like who's in hot? hotness? Are there, are yeah. there any Mormons? Mm. Well, well, Vivek, look, I love Mitt Romney, but yeah, we running. love Mitt Romney. Oh, Mitt Romney's love, super hot. Yeah, totally hot. Vivek's not bad like, looking. I think he's good looking. Oh, he's mm. so annoying though. I do, I don't. I really I like. Know. I know a million Viveks. Like I, they all went to Harvard Business School. I, I referred to him the other day as a walking <laughs> That's like a humble LinkedIn brag, profile. Gal. I know. <laughs> I, well, I didn't go to Harvard Business School. <laughs> you but went I to know, Harvard. But you, the fact that you would like hang school. out with people like you know a million of him. Uh, <laughs> oh, he, but he's. We all know a million of him. We all know a million of him. He's like a walking, like work hard, play hard kind of guy. Whatever. He's. I'm very unimpressed by him. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's not bad looking. I'll, I'll give him that much. But uh, I don't know. There's no like hotties. No, definitely not. Mugshot, no. Usually is I DeSantis? like a good mugshot. What no, do you think of DeSantis? I think DeSantis no. is kind of cute. He's kind of cute. Uh, I like I like short short kings too. I'm I'm a fan. Is he short? Yes. He's, oh, short. He's, yeah. he's too short to be president. What really? is the shortest president that we've had? I mean, this is why oh, um, that's a good question. You, you know, know who looks really good in his picture is um I mean, this is going back a few years. Hmm. John Quincy Adams seems really short. He was hot. <laughs> oh, he seems short. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. But no, you're I no. Mean, that's obviously, because what's his name played him. And he's short. Do you think that um, JFK was the best looking president, or is there someone better? I don't, I don't like. I don't like his style. He's, he's too, too good uh, looking. Preppy. Too? Yeah, I think Thomas he's Jefferson. Too, he's too preppy. He was hot. Obama um, was pretty hot when he started. Yeah. Obama. Yeah. Clinton. Yeah, I mean, Clinton I don't know. Was, the world needs you know more who's, hot you know, leaders. Right. Well, no. You know who's hot is George H.W. Bush. Yeah, he, oh, he is. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. He is. Yeah. I did. It's funny because Definitely. I did not think so when he was president, but I think so now. He aged well. He's, yeah, he's, he he's aged grown well. on you. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, Jimmy Carter seems really short. But I also, he's also like 200 years old. I also hate him, so that's separate. They made Um, they made them shorter back then. I think, (laughs) yeah, but I don't know. We don't. I can't really think of any hot like world leaders right now. No, Macron wasn't hot. What about Macron? Yeah, I I also think Justin Trudeau is kind of cute, and he's single now. Yeah, he's awful. Oh my god. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's awful. 
Um, and Macron yeah. is married to someone much older, so I don't know. Then he's cool. Gavin Newsom. Yeah, he married I his mean, like these teacher. Are all terrible didn't he? people. <laughs> That's hot. There's nothing unhot about being. Okay, terrible. I'm going to say the most controversial thing. Here, are you ready? Okay. I think yeah. Bibi is hot. Okay. I, there, I said Bibi it. Netanyahu. He was yeah. hot like 30 years ago. I think he's hot. He was hot 30 years ago. Wait, I have to tell you something I almost forgot. And I want to say this about, because I was looking up hot dictators earlier today because I wanted to have (laughs) a good one on. Yeah, me too. I couldn't find any. That's a theme. In in case anybody's just tuning in, (laughs) this is a a theme in our conversation. Yeah, exactly. Because I thought that, you know, Osama bin Laden had soulful (laughs) eyes. <laughs> right. And I thought that Stalin and uh, Gorbachev were really hot. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. when they yeah, were Yeah, and that Saddam Hussein yeah. cleaned up nice when he was yes, yes, he did. And a young, young Gaddafi. Yes, and young, young Gaddafi. Joseph Stalin. That's yeah. true. But yeah. when I was looking at a list yeah. of top 10 hottest dictators, so I was scrolling through and it was the usual suspects. <laughs> was it on, but on then, BuzzFeed? But then, yeah, <laughs> the number seven, guess who number seven was? Jared what? and Ivanka Trump. Jared and Ivanka. I'm like, what? Dictators. Uh, what? They're, they're dictators? dictators. I know. Also, like, what is that? Like polyamory? Like, how are they? They're hot together. Like, what is that? They, they come as a couple. Together, they're, they're, I don't they're know. Swinging. It was so weird. No. It was Just, weird. Justin used to be uh, cute, but he's gotten Jared, who? excuse me. Jared. Jared. Jared? Jared? I think he's cute. He, he used yeah. to be cute. Yeah. He's cute, but, but again, a little too clean surgery. cut. I like I like my dictators a little rough around the edges. I like them to to do their own dirty work, you know? Like Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Putin, Putin is not good looking. Just, Ew. No. But no, but Putin was good looking. Like, remember when he oh rode that horse? Yeah. Oh, you, you Zelensky really, is pretty good that? looking. Oh, yeah. Zelensky's hot, yeah. Yeah, not my type. <laughs> All you right. Know, we can only well, hope that there'll be more dictators next time. We well, now I have what to what to, to do from. on. I'm happy I have what to do on Rosh Hashanah, which is ask forgiveness for this last five minutes of conversation <laughs> from God Almighty. <laughs> for this whole conversation, please forgive me. I know. Yeah, that's right. I had you on. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Happy holidays. What's thank the right you. thing to say for this? Happy time, New Year. Happy, happy New sweet Year. and healthy Shana New Tova. Year. Yeah. Shana Tova. Okay. Shana Tova. Yes. Great. Happy reflection. Thank you. All right. Well, see you at Passover. <laughs> Bye. Oh, my God. Bye. That was my conversation with Yael Bartor and Hailea Safran. They are the co-hosts of the Ask a Jew podcast. Hailea is um, the director of the Long Beach Hillel here in California. And Yael is a crisis communications and social media consultant in New York City. Yael previously worked for the New York City Police Department as the uh, social media director and did digital strategy for them, uh, which we did not talk about in this conversation, but we have covered in the past. So if you liked this, go back and listen to our three other interviews. They're great. What do you need to know? If you are uh, listening to this, you are not a paying subscriber and therefore you are missing the bonus content that I do nearly every week, including this week. So you should go to my Substack, which is Megan Daum. <laughs> Megan with an H and then D-A-U-M dot Substack dot com. And you can get stuff I wrote there. You can get all kinds of extras, all kinds of perks, including what I'm about to give you now, which is um, a discussion about the pronunciation of my last name. Doing some solo bonus content. Uh, So paying subscribers are going to be able to hear that. If you would like to hear that, go to megandaum.substack.com and uh, become a paying subscriber for as little as $7 a month. 
I will be back next week with another super nuanced guest. Thanks for listening. See you then. Thank you.